Is everybody ready? Everybody's working for the weekend. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. It's Friday. I'm in love. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome on back. We are live from the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West, right here in Salt Lake City. Great job by Austin on uh, the Sounds of the Week right there. Brought to you by the Utah Sports Commission. Come watch the future stars of the PGA Tour. Tee it up at Oak Ridge Country Club in Farmington, June 27th through the 30th. Don't wait till the last minute to purchase your tickets. Buy them online now at utahchampionship.com. We're going to talk to Howard Beck coming up here momentarily. Covers the NBA, of course, for the Bleacher Report. Part of our NBA Daily Assist. We'll get a wrap on the uh, the finals, the season, a look to free agency with, uh, with Howard. And DJ... Uh, is this going to be the wildest summer in the NBA that you can remember for a while? Where you I would have, think, I would think it would have to be. I would say that a little bit of the edge was taken off of it by Durant's injury, because while I still think he signs for the max, he doesn't shift the balance of power for a year or two, if ever, the way he would have if he were hungry. Or uh, hungry. <laughs> hungry. <laughs> hungry. Somebody's you, hungry. Are you Freudian hungry, DJ? Uh, A little bit, yeah. Uh, if he were healthy. Yeah, but he still has the potential to move. So you're talking No about- question. No question. And, and I think uh, Locke was counting it up for us this morning. You know, you're looking at maybe seven of the top 30 players could change teams. If they all re-up, that takes the edge off of it. Now, it's crazy while we anticipate it, but I don't think we get the full impact of free agency unless guys actually move well something like 40 percent of the league is free agents well which is wild right but i think it goes back to um unintended consequences people resented bad players getting six and seven year deals and soaking up the money forever and tying up cap space these guys have to be held accountable with shorter contracts and players didn't want it but we had lockouts they had a forced on them and then they woke up and decided hey wait a minute there's actually some hidden benefits to this and now people are like these players are moving around and picking their own teams well yeah that's because they're out of contract all the time because the owners locked them out and shortened all the deals guys used to get six and seven year contracts now you get four or five year deals and then LeBron's like, yeah, four. I don't even want four. I want one with a player option. The, the, the elite of the elite can bet on themselves. Bet on yourself, Fred Van Vliet said. Bet on yourself, and even if you tear on Achilles, you get max money anyway. Find out. Kevin Durant's going to. All right, let's get out of the sprint. Special guest line joining us now from the Bleacher Report, the one and only, the great Howard Beck. Hi, Howard. How are you? Hey, guys. Doing all right. You? Hey, we're doing great. Uh, fun game last night, certainly. Uh, a very interesting NBA Finals. Let's put a bow on it. Howard, kind of give us your overall thoughts on, on Toronto as champs and how everything went down. Oh, well, I mean, obviously, main takeaway from the Raptors side of it is that, you know, this team, um, you know, really made an impression on everybody, you know, from a really strong regular season where, you know, to an extent they felt like they were laying in the weeds because, you know, they didn't have the best record in the East. The Bucks had that, but they were only two wins behind them. And somehow they just kind of, you know, sailed along without anybody really, I think, paying proper notice or respect that this was a, a serious contender. And, you know, Kawhi Leonard 
snuck up on everybody in a way because he had missed a full year. But he proved this season again, and certainly in the postseason, that he's one of the five best players in the NBA and incredibly impactful. And we, we just got all these really interesting performances from them. You know, they were very much an ensemble type of cast. And in, in what, you know, I've returned, you know, the super team era starting in 08 when the Celtics first did it, it's mostly been super teams with at least three stars that are winning titles. And in the case of the Raptors, you've got one supreme player in Kawhi. You know, Kyle Lowry and Marc Gasol have certainly had their accolades over the years, but nobody would consider them all NBA-type players right now. Siakam is, is on his way up, but he's not there yet. So it was really more of this ensemble approach, and I think that that's really refreshing. I think they played a great brand of basketball offensively, selfless. They kept the ball moving. Defensively, they were just uh, so tenacious, just suffocating for the Warriors. And granted, the Warriors were undermanned, but still, the way that the they attacked um, and just you know took Curry out of entire quarters was really impressive. And so you know, kudos to, to the Raptors. Um, there are no asterisks on this. There are always injuries in the NBA. There's always injuries in the postseason. Nobody gets an asterisk. You you know, you earn it, and they absolutely earned it. And they got everything the Warriors could throw at them anyway. I mean, these last two games were really down to the wire. And you know, I thought for a while last night we we were going to go back to, to Toronto for a game seven. But the Raptors put on uh, the clamps when they had to, and you know they they earned this. So, when it's all said and done, and the, we look back at the Warriors, is there going to be any more to write, or is three championships in five years and five straight Finals appearances it, or do you think they somehow find a way to get Clay Thompson healthy, get some more depth on a capped out roster, and get back to another championship? Uh, get back to another finals and maybe add another championship, or are these the numbers, five in a row and three out of five? Anything's possible, but this kind of feels like it, it's either an end or a transition. I asked Bob Myers and Steve Kerr both this last night. I said, is, is this you know, a, an inflection point? If it's not necessarily the end, is it at least an inflection point? Because Durant and Clay are both free agents. Now, Clay is almost certainly coming back, but now he's coming back with an ACL tear. So, he could miss most or all of next season. Durant, most people still don't think he's coming back, but even if he did, he's probably missing all of next season. And Achilles ruptures are brutal, and you just don't know if a guy's going to come back the same player, especially a player of, of Durant's caliber. He's turning 31 in September. He'll be 32 probably by the time we see him play again. That's tricky. That's tough. So, you know, even let's say Durant leaves, Clay stays, and you've got the three core guys with Draymond and Steph Curry being the others, you've still got the core of the team that won a championship before Durant and has been to all these finals. But remember, the Warriors began this run as the strength and numbers crew. And that was about Andre Godala and Sean Livingston and Leandro Barbosa and Maury Spaeth and all kinds of forgotten souls. And, you know, most of those guys are gone. Livingston's probably going to retire. Iguodala's probably got another season in him, but he's, you know, he's certainly waning in terms of his, his impact night to night. And their supporting cast just doesn't have it. You know, the, their young guys haven't really um, blossomed. They're, you know, they, they've missed on draft picks. They've missed on free agent picks. Uh, Cousins, another guy they took a flyer on who is probably going to move on. And so there's just not a lot of supporting cast there. So when you say, well, they've still got Curry, they've still got Draymond Green, Clay Thompson will be fine after the ACL. Okay, well, maybe, but, you know, where's the rest of the, of the cast? That's, that's not enough. Three stars is great. It's a great starting point. 
There's not enough in this league. It never has been. And so that's the concern for them as they move forward, is that they're going to be capped out but still have to somehow replenish the supporting cast. That's, that's a really steep challenge for Bob Myers and his staff, and maybe they pull it off. But at, a, at the moment, this kind of feels like it's either the end or a, a, a pause until they can somehow find a way to build it back up. Howard Beck from the Bleacher Report, and speaking about Kevin Durant, Howard, from what you're hearing, are the same teams still going to line up for his services regardless of this injury? I mean, everybody's making that noise that the Nets and the Knicks and the Clippers will all still make a run at him, and maybe others will too. You know, we'll see. We'll see what uh, what teams actually do on July 1st or June 30th at 6 p.m. or whatever the, 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 the you know, official opening is now. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot to bat, bet on a guy coming off of an Achilles, which as I say, like that is the hardest injury to come back from in the NBA. And a lot of guys are never the same. And especially when you're on the wrong side of 30, that's, that's the year. 29 is kind of the cutoff point from what, uh, experts have told me and so um 160 million to throw at a guy who might not be the same that's it's a gamble and if you've been clearing cap room and you're banking everything on him and if you don't have a lot to fall back on and then you're also sacrificing a full year i mean it's a pretty strong bet that durant will not play next season so you're signing him this summer to four years 160 that first you know 35 38 million whatever it is in year one is is just to have him. It's just to allow him to rehab on on your dime and have him be around, but he's not going to do anything for you. So now you're down to three years, and you're just hoping that he's going to be back to normal. Um, who's carrying your team in the meantime? How much pressure is on him to carry your team when he comes back, despite coming back from this incredibly tough injury? It's a lot. It's a lot, and teams will have to consider all of that. Do you think the Pelicans are going to trade AD to the Lakers? And if they do, will Kyrie Irving follow him? Will Jimmy Butler get that spot? How does it play out? Who was the first name you mentioned? Will AD be traded by the Pelicans to the Lakers? Oh, uh, too soon to say. Um, you know, that, that trade is coming soon, I suspect. The draft is Thursday. I think it may come before then or on draft night. But... You know, the, the Pelicans, uh, they, under David Griffin, they're, they're, they're playing this smart. They're making sure that they've got as many people involved as possible, as many teams involved as possible. They're not settling for any junk offers like what the Knicks would be offering them, which is just not nearly enough for a player of AD's caliber. He can decide, you know, he can say all he wants, or Rich Paul can say all he wants, that AD only wants to go to Lakers and Knicks. Doesn't matter. David Griffin can send him wherever he wants. Kawhi Leonard didn't want to go to Toronto. Paul George didn't want to go to Oklahoma. You make the best deal, and that's what David Griffin will do. And if that requires a three-team trade that maybe does get AD to the Lakers or the Knicks, but you're going to get some assets from elsewhere because those teams don't have what you want in a direct one-to-one trade, then that's what you do. Um, but I'm, I'm not about to predict where he lands. Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If Boston is convinced that they're going to lose Kyrie Irving, do they fall out of the Anthony Davis sweepstakes because they want to hang on to their young guys? Not necessarily, and knowing what we know of Danny Ainge, it, it will not rule it out. I mean, Danny Ainge is a gambler, and Danny Ainge swings for the fences, and he, he did it even when he traded for Kyrie a couple of years ago, and 
you know, if, if Kyrie's gone, it certainly makes it tougher because now you've got to replace him, and Kyrie was going to be the linchpin to keeping AD because AD and Kyrie are friends. They've talked about wanting to play together, and it, it, it would certainly make it tougher. But if Danny Ainge can find a way to trade for AD and still find a way to make this team a, a contender, which, listen, Anthony Davis and some of what, whatever's left after he makes the trade – it's still going to be a pretty, you know, uh, potent team. Kawhi Leonard could leave the Raptors, and if he does, then Toronto goes from championship team to out of the running. Um, the Sixers still have to re-sign Jimmy Butler and or Tobias Harris. The Bucks have a, you know, though they have Giannis, but they still have to re-sign three or four of their key role guys. So there's an opening there for the Celtics, and you know, Danny Ainge is not going to just give up just because Kyrie Irving may be walking away. I think they're still in this thing. Do you think Kawhi Leonard is definitely going to the Clippers? Uh, Same deal. There are no definites. None of these things are definite. Um, The only thing I will tell you that I have some confidence in is I still believe, from everything I'm hearing, that Kevin Durant is going to leave the Warriors. But where he lands, I couldn't tell you. Um, The noise around Kyrie to the Nets is very, very strong. But, again, until we see it happen on July 1st, the next fire hydrant, please. Up there. Yeah. Sorry, guys, I'm getting dropped off. Um, but, I, but nothing is certain until July 1st, uh, ever. <laughs> and we've got a few weeks to go here. And guys will be checking in with each other. The stars will check in with each other. They'll try to figure out ways to get to the same team. That could affect how this ultimately plays out. Howard, Be- <clears throat> excuse me, Howard Beck with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, Howard, we've asked you before about the Jazz offseason and how they can add uh, another piece to their puzzle. Is that more likely, uh, now that we have, I guess, a little more information, is that more likely to come from a free agent or a trade in your mind, do you think? Um, I hate to just keep saying I'm not sure, but, I mean, again, it's, it's early. Like, it, it's, you know, uh, I haven't looked at their cap sheets recently. I'm not, you know sure what the the best approach for them is i think the mike conley possibility is still out there thank you very much uh the mike conley possibility is still out there uh there will be competition for him the pacers are are certainly among the teams that could chase him there are some others as as well um you know whether it's by by free agency or trade you know again we'll we'll see soon um but you know that's a very creative front office and i pretty confident they will find a way to upgrade houston's done some creative stuff over the years and they seem intent on making major moves uh what do you expect out of them i mean (laughs) the reports that basically everybody was on the table except for james harden sounds about right um daryl morey has never lacked uh for boldness or ambition or aggression and you know they have been great the last two years, um, good to great at, at times. And they've still fallen short. Chris Paul's another year older. He's got a brutal contract. I don't even know how you trade him, but they don't have enough. And, you know, look, will they take a step back and reassess now because the Warriors are no longer the Warriors? Because KD is not playing next season, no matter, no matter where he, uh, you know, no matter whose uniform he's in, he's not playing for the Warriors next year because he's just out. Kate and, and Clay Thompson is out. So do the Rockets now say, you know what, we can afford to run it back, the same group? Um, maybe. Maybe maybe everybody reevaluates. Maybe everybody, uh, you know, 
takes a different look at it with the Warriors being mortal. But I suspect, knowing what I know of Daryl Morey, that the Rockets are going to be aggressive anyway, and they're going to try to find a way to, to seriously upgrade the roster. The problem for them is they don't have a lot that anybody else wants in trade, and they don't have you know a lot of excess assets in terms of, of picks or anything. So uh, you know they're pretty locked up, as a lot of teams are. Um, but I, I do think they will try, and, and my guess is they'll find a way to make some sort of significant move. Howard, you are the best. Thank you so, so much for coming on with us each and every week. You're always a highlight of our week, my man. P- uh, please keep up the good work. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Have a great summer. Thank you, Howard. The great Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report coming on and giving us uh, our NBA Daily Assist, of course, a staple of our Fridays. Uh, he's always really, really good. I, I think Houston's in a bit of a pickle. Getting to the the last answer that you just asked him about, I don't I don't know what they do. They can say they're willing to blow it up all they want, but getting somebody to take Chris Paul's contract, I don't I don't see. Yeah, I don't that's see. I don't work. see that. What happens with the other moves remains to be seen. So I mean, even if Clint Capella has some value, you're going to take his contract and Chris Paul's contract. I mean, what are you going to give up for that? I mean, I don't. Who's taking Chris Paul's cut? See, that's the thing. Right. You'd have to package it along. So with Harden and Paul are there, but what happens with everybody else, and who do they get back for everybody else? Hmm. Well, and Harden and Chris Paul apparently don't and I think, rock, like each other. These and for all that we're think, looking, hey, what about, the, uh, what about the big three? Who's going to get the stars? You know, Toronto wins the championship, and you've got to, as much as internal development, we all roll our eyes, and it's so boring. <laughs> It's not good talk radio. Fans can't really get to social media and grab a hold of it. But how else do you explain what happened with Siakam? And where is Toronto if he doesn't develop organically? Not Where are they? They're knocked out in the second round. That's where they are. Yep. You're totally right. Think how close they were to get knocked out by Philly anyway. They were headed for OT in Game 7. And then a shot hops on the rim four times and goes in. And Siakam is really good right now, and he's going to be even better. And he's got one year left on his contract at $2.3 million in the summer of 2020. He's a free agent. He's making money. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. 1967 South, 300 West. That's where, where we are. We are at the warehouse. Price is so low, it will blow your mind. Race joins us once again. Let's get our listeners down here, Race. What do you say? You know what? Let's try this this time. Since Tom isn't here, I have a queen cherry color or charcoal color Louis Philippe bedroom set. Includes the queen headboard, footboard, rails, the slats, a dresser, a nightstand. We sell it all the time for seven ninety nine. Since Tom's gone, how about if we do it for five ninety nine? Oh man, he's gonna be mad at that one. It also comes in gray, white, and black for just about a hundred bucks more. But that's a killer deal. But to go along with that bedroom set, we still have our special deal: our adjusted, adjustable head up only bed frame and mattress for $4.99 fits right down inside that Louis Philippe bed sit up at night watch TV read a book $4.99 adjustable base and mattress get down here race is uh, pulling out all the stops Tom's out of town take advantage of it 1967 South 300 West thank you very much race we appreciate it we still have some jazz gear left for you as well if you want to take advantage of that Bob Casper of Real Golf Radio joins the show coming up next 97.5 and 1280 The Zone this this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G it's 
what you want. Kurt Heelan from NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com. I think Jazz fans have heard the name D'Angelo Russell enough that I need to ask you about his impact if he were to be brought into this organization. He is a guy who a few years ago you would not have wanted in the organization, right? I mean, he has developed, he has matured, and I think this is a situation where sometimes guys need to be traded and to get out of the situation to grow up and kind of, in his case, mature. Now he's kind of seen as a leader, and I think if you get him now, you get what you need and that you get a real competitor at the point, but also a secondary shot creator to go next to Donovan Mitchell, a guy who can find other guys, you know, find angles or find spot-up shooters everywhere or hit Gobert on the roll, but also plays pretty smart and can get his own shot. I mean, it's going to cost a lot of money, but he would be a good fit and he's young. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This U.S. Open update live from Pebble Beach is presented by Zions Bank, Hoops Vision, Siegfried and Jensen, and Barbecue Pit Stop on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Nick Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. David James sitting in for Gordo today. Fact. Thanks to you, DJ, for coming in, man. This is uh, no problem. This is fun. 1967 South, 300 West. We're at the warehouse. You know, I produced DJ and PK years ago. Never did I think I'd be sitting here with DJ. I did. Afternoons. Didn't I tell you? When we were on rival stations and you were afraid to talk to me, some, somehow I became the enemy, and you got a break, didn't I tell you this is perfect, this is going to pay off? You did. Thank you. Don't get caught up in all this nonsense that everyone else is caught up in. It's ridiculous. Head down, mouth shut. It's an opportunity. And look at you. You made it pay off. You cashed in. You conquered. I'll tell you what. You, Patrick, Gordon, Kevin Graham, had some good mentors in this business. In all seriousness, man, that very makes, lucky. Thank dude. you, but that makes me feel old, so I'm not sure I like. Oh, it. you're just older than me. That's all. You've been doing it longer. Fact. It's I all that, that's that's all fact. Thank uh, goodness Bob's here. Let's uh, let's check in at the U.S. Open live from Pebble Beach. You can hear him on Real Golf Radio each and every Saturday morning, right here on the Zone Sports Network. He's our good friend Bob Casper. Hi, Bobby. Hey, boys. How you doing? Doing great, man. What has been the highlight in your mind of day two thus far? Well, I think that the golf course has gotten a little bit tougher. Uh, we're seeing um, golf balls hitting the um, greens and taking a big first bounce before they check up. And uh, the scores are still staying in check, even though we're, we've still got the, the June gloom or the, or the overcastness. And, um, and we did have a little bit of rain this morning, but that hasn't done anything to make the golf course that play that much easier. Because your tag team partner, Brian Taylor, was on the radio this morning, and he was yeah. worried that with the rain and the overcast, he thought it was going to be another day full of 67, 66s, and maybe a 65 or two, and they're just going to keep going low. There was no defense. Did the wind kick up a little bit? No, the wind hasn't really kicked up at all. It's pretty negligible. But the thing about it is the golf course has dried out just a touch. The fairways are still good, but the greens have gotten a little bit firmer. And and they've they've tucked the flags a little bit. They they put them in some positions where you can still get at them, but on on some of the key holes where you've got a little bit better opportunity to score, they tucked them into some of the corners a little bit more. And uh, you know, yesterday we had a seven under par um, uh, or a six under par for the opening round. 
Um, and, and today the lowest score right now is Jim Furyk at four under par, and he's already finished for the day. Do you expect that pattern to continue into the weekend, Bob, Saturday and Sunday, where this is going to continue to get harder? I, I, I expect it totally. Um, they, they've been pretty generous the first day, day or two, um, and but but each day is going to get per, a little bit more difficult. Um, just like today is just a, a fraction more difficult. I think Saturday is just going to be a little bit harder, and then Sunday is going to is going to test everybody. I, I you know guys guys if on, if they get on the weekend and they make a lot of pars and maybe a birdie or two, um, they're going to have a pretty good chance to uh, to to move up that leaderboard pretty quick. So, Bob, how are Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, the, the next generation of young legends, Brooks Kepka? how are they all performing? Well, um, Rory's playing extremely well. Currently, he's on the eighth hole, um, and he's five under par. He's two under par for the day. Um, Jordan Spieth uh, came back with a couple under par today. Uh, he's at one under par. And, uh, you know, I was asked earlier, um, you know, what, 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 is, what is inside the realm of possibility for a guy um, as far as being far back, you know, being able to come back and contend and have a chance to win. And I think anything from even par or better is going to have a chance. There's a lot of guys at that, at that, you know, even par or better. But, you know, a guy can go out early tomorrow when there's a little bit more moisture in the golf course and shoot a good score, kind of like what Tony Finau did last year in the third round at Shinnecock. He went out early, shot, I think he shot 60, 64, six under par, and it vaulted him all the way into the final group. So um, you, might, you might see some of that tomorrow. You might see a guy that's, uh, that's, you know, even or one or two under par that shoots like a four under par round, and he'll be right in the mix of it come Sunday. Speaking of Finau, Bob, Bob Casper with us of Real Golf Radio. He's at plus four in the clubhouse. It would take a miracle for him to make the cut at this point. He shot a 74 day one, 72 today. Uh, what, uh, I guess, wasn't working for him out there? Well, you know, he didn't make a lot of birdies. Um, that was one of the things. Um, and it looked like he was a little loose with, with some of his shots. Um, Bogey the 18th hole both days, um, hit it in the water there yesterday. Um, and again, made another bogey today, uh, and then um, just just not. He, it just seemed like he just was just a little bit off and wasn't sharp. And and when that happens, especially in the U.S. Open, it's going to expose flaws in your game. And uh, and it did. And and it and Tony will will probably not make the cut. Are all the local three missing the cut? Yeah, it looks like all three of them. I don't know where I don't know where Mike Weir's at, but Zach Blair um, had a, a terrible day yesterday, and uh, almost made a hole in one today on the seventh hole. But uh, but yeah, he he's way down. He's way down the leaderboard. Last I saw, he was at fifteen over par. So uh, Mike started the day at plus three. You know, if he goes out and and plays a, a decent round, shoot sixty nine this afternoon, there's a good chance he'll get inside. Bob, Justin Rose, uh, current leader at 7-under. Louis Oosthuizen at 6-under, uh, although I might be behind on that a little bit. Aaron Wise at 5-under. Where do these other guys who make the cut need to be to be able to be within reach of it over the weekend? Well, yeah, for the, for the most part, you don't want to be more than about three or four shots back. But like I said just a second ago, if you're, if you're at even par or better, I think you still got a chance, especially going out earlier in the day on Saturday 
and being able to score before the before the the final groups get on the golf course. We won't see guys get on the golf course till probably two thirty in the afternoon, uh, two to two thirty in the afternoon, as far as the leaders are concerned. So that makes an, uh, an opportunity for the guys ahead of them to go out and score and get a, and vault themselves up the leaderboard. Okay, so let's get to the business side of this. The Pac-12 is at a disadvantage schedule in football games because the networks all want to run four games, and the Pac-12 is the only Power 5 league that can play in that last time slot, which makes it way late on the East Coast. And then you've got, uh, you've got uh, in the NBA playoffs these ridiculous 830 games because the NBA has wanted doubleheaders and wanted late games, and so we just we get the shaft on these tip times. It's just not good for anybody here, but they're doing it for here. But here is one time where the time zone works for us. You say flip-flop. Uh, on the West Coast, a U.S. Open can start at 2. The, the leaders go out at 2.30 in the afternoon, which is 4.30 in the East. So they're getting huge ratings because there's more TVs on as you get later in the day. So these guys, Correct. a four-hour round is going 4.30 to 8.30 in the East. How come the U.S. Open isn't in the West four years out of five? That's where they're going to get uh, the best ratings. That's where they golf the latest. How come Hawaii isn't hosting a U.S. Open? Bob, talk to me. <laughs> Alaska, well, think of the possibilities. Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alaska doesn't have a golf course. Neither does Hawaii that would fit a USGA event. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. It's played this year at Pebble Beach. Next year it's played on the West Coast at uh, at Wingfoot. And then it comes back to Torrey Pines. And then it goes back to Boston. So they're, they're taking advantage of, of both coasts right now. Um, and... And I and I like what you're thinking about the you know the TV time and and ratings and all that kind of thing. So um, yeah, uh, you, you're going to see a finish uh, here at the U.S. Open probably around seven o'clock, and um, and because of that, you know um, it's gonna it's gonna end at ten o'clock at night on the on the East Coast. Um, so uh, it's it's our national championship. Uh, Fox will Fox will get rid of everything else um, during during the U.S. Open, and, uh, and it will be a great championship and a, and a great show for, uh, for the United States. Sorry, Tulsa, we're not coming back to your 112-degree weather. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Normally, that is the PGA Championship that plays in Tulsa. Um, that, well, at least that's been the last couple, but the US, yeah. USGA has played there before, um, but it's not, it's, not in the, it's not on the line of things for... Uh, for the U.S. Open, uh, we will be coming back to Pebble Beach in in 2027. Uh, the Women's U.S. Open will be here at Pebble Beach in 2023, um, and so they, they like this venue and they love um, the history and the, and the nostalgia here at Pebble Beach. All right, uh, Bob, this is not the first time this week that you, David, and myself have had a conversation. As I filled in earlier uh-huh. on the morning show earlier this week, and we picked our golfers in a, a competition. We each drafted three golfers. I have okay. two of my guys at plus one in uh, in Fleetwood and Rom, and then I have Dustin Johnson at minus one. Uh, okay. How are your? Uh, who are your three, Bob? I remember you took Tiger, who uh, currently I picked is Tiger at even. and Tiger's at even par. Who was your second? I picked guy? Ricky Fowler. Ricky Ooh, Fowler, cool. and he's at five under par. Yeah, that was good. And um, I'm trying to think who my last one was. Oh, Jordan Spieth. And Jordan Spieth is at one under bar. Oh, Bob's mopping the floor with me. What? All right, DJ. I got uh, Brooks Kepka, Who's sitting at uh, four, he's under. At four under par. 
Nice. I'm in the hunt. Okay. I got uh, Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy's at five under par. <laughs> and third? I don't want to talk about it. It's Who not, is it? It's not good. It's, um, oh, now I'm blanking on his name. He was over par. Um, give me a list. I'll pick him out real what quick. What do you mean, give me a list? I, I'm blanking like on his thousand, name. There's like a thousand golfers I can't play. believe you didn't write this down. I, I don't write it down. That's what Yawk's for. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. This is terrific. No, it's bl- I, it is because people are laughing at me, and that has always proved to be a winner over the years. Ooh, Dustin Johnson's going to miss the cut. Ooh, it's I was really, wrong about that. He's a plus two. Yeah, it's really going poorly for uh, Dustin here. That is no. So I'm not yeah, going to make, make some birdies. You're going to have three guys miss the cut? No, 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 no. Fleetwood and, uh, and Rom are both making the cut. At least you remember their names. DJ's having some Rom's miss the struggling cut. today. Rom is struggling today. Uh, oh, man, I might have two guys miss the cut. Holy cow. <laughs> DJ, you're well below whoever you picked now. I am. Maybe, maybe he rallied and he's doing better. Uh, this is terrible radio now. It was funny when they were laughing at me. Now I'm just too desperate. So does DJ automatically yeah. lose, Bob, if he can't remember his third golfer? Because well, I think that should be a rule. Uh, you know what? <laughs> you, 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 have to bump him out of, you have to bump him out of the pool, don't you? I agree. So Bob's mopping the floor with both of us, DJ. Well, that sucks. I don't know what my problem is. Well, you know, Bob Casper is not uh, the Someone golf. get Yach on the line. He wrote it down. Nope. I count on Yach. Check Nobody the tape. wants to do that. Check the I'm tape. Not... <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. That sounded deeply personal. Hey, Bob, while I struggle here, I have one more question for you. We see the okay. shots of the people on the beach watching golf. The problem is the beach is barely above sea level. All of the golf courses above that, it's cool to be on the beach watching golf. The problem is you don't have the angle to see the ball and see the green or see see the fairways. What are they down there watching? When I started thinking about it, it didn't make any sense. It sounds like a great idea. Well, you know, the the interesting thing is that, you know, we're staying with uh, a friend of Brian's that has a home here in Monterey, and... um, we said to him, we, well, you know, what do you go to the beach for? You know, do you go to set out chairs and all that kind of thing? And he said, no, nope, we go to the beach here because the water's too cold. We go to the beach to walk. So for the most part, those people down on the beach are walking because there are signs down there. Once you hit the edge of the hill or, or whatever, where you can climb up the hill to see golf, there are signs down there that say private property, keep off. And so... Um, you know, there's there's marshals on that side, there's police on that side, so the people aren't able to walk up the hill and get onto the golf course. Sure. So um, they're not really watching golf down there. They're just enjoying a day down on the beach, walking along the shore. Patrick Cantlay was my guy, and he was plus two. So there you go. I don't yeah, know how Patrick my eyes went over him four times two. while I was going up and down, but there it is, yeah. I knew I wanted I, to block him out for a reason. I did pick Cantlay, and I said that's yeah. a good pick. You did, and exactly. Jake, it was a terrible Jake, pick to the Jake, point I blocked out his name because I'm horrified yep. by his score. <laughs> and Jake picked Fleetwood, and I said, ooh, that's a good pick, too. But it didn't yeah. turn out to be so well. You, you were yeah. just being nice just on the air. You didn't want to humiliate us. That's true. <laughs> Bob is a nice guy. But you know what? I don't care if Cantley misses the cut as, one of my, as long as one of my guys wins. That's all that matters. Yeah. I wouldn't, man, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind a two-minute. Oh, yeah, it's all about picking the winner. It's all about well, picking the winner. what's the point in drafting then? Well, in the first two tournaments, we've only, we only started doing this this year, even though we've had Bob on for years, going back to when yeah. you were producing. Uh, we've only started doing it, and both times somebody's picked a winner. Yeah. Not looking uh, we like could do a cumulative scores deal. All I can say is go Ricky. He's got a good shot at it. Uh, Bob, before we yep. let you go, give us a little uh, little preview of what we can expect tomorrow morning on Real Golf Radio. You know, we've got some good stuff on Real Golf Radio. We had a chance to talk with Jim Furyk, Adam Scott, 
and Henrik Stenson, all three of those guys when they came off the golf course. Um, and we got about, uh, about four minutes with each one of them. Awesome, awesome stuff and insights into the week and, and uh, the championship and the golf course. And then we've got, of course, we've got the caddy. Um, we've got Ian Carter from the BBC. It's going to be a great show. We'll be listening, Bob. Thank you, as always, and thanks for your great coverage this week, man. You're the best. You got it, guys. Thanks. All right, we've got the Not Sports Report coming up next. We're live at the Warehouse 1967 South 300 West. Come on by and see us. It is the big show. DJ in for Gordon, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Three, two, one, one, one. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see you on five. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Come by and see us. We still have some jazz shirts for you, some jazz hats as well. Not to mention prices so low, it will blow your mind. It is time for the Not Sports Board, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Uh, over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online at LHMUsedCars.com. Now, I realize it's not you, uh, but PK, who's obsessed with uh, Saved by the Bell. Am I remembering that correctly? Yes. Isn't it PK who's obsessed with I'd that I'd like show? to forget it, but yeah, it's See, true. I don't like it either. I, I thought it was just a dreadful sh- but everybody seems to be obsessed with it. Well, I mean, if you're, you know, 12 when that show comes out and high school kids are cool because you're in junior high, yeah, it's a big deal. But PK was watching in the newsroom with 30-year-olds, so I think that's kind of odd, and he always gets mad at me when I say it. It is odd. And you no, know what? I was that junior high school kid, and I still didn't like the show. No. Guarantee Austin loved it and is seething right now. Austin? Okay. Uh, I knew it was bad, but I still liked it because, come on. Okay. All right. You were a, a Kelly Kapowski fan then? Is that uh, what you're you, getting you at? name them. I was a fan, yeah. Uh, Lisa, what was the. Lisa Turtle, Turtle yeah. Oh, wow. I'm actually embarrassed that I know all of this. Well, check this out. Jesse uh, uh, Spanos. Oh, there you go. A, uh, a, a 55 year old driver. DJ named uh. Kevin Bacon was uh, driving down the road, searching on his smartphone for a classic episode of Saved by the Bell. He was looking for it, and all of a sudden, bam! Sideswiped a cop car. No. Yeah. Brutal. Sideswiped a cop car. They pulled him over. They looked at uh, what he was searching. And he was trying to watch an old Saved by the Bell episode. Brutal. Wasn't the episode where Zach Morris faked a car accident to get out of something and maybe make some money and almost actually killed his girlfriend? Was it that episode? Was that a was that a thing? Oh yeah. Oh well, I have no idea. I'm not sure which episode he was searching for in this particular story, but uh, he was watching uh, 
He was watching Saved by the Bell, which I know a lot of people like. And then I have uh, another one for you, DJ. A woman was uh, <clears throat> arrested for public intoxication. Uh, not DUI, however, because she was driving down the road in her child's power wheel. That's weird. You know what I'm talking about? I saw about? that on Twitter, though. Yeah, Those yeah, Those little yeah. power wheels? Yeah, yeah. You don't trucks. have to be in a car to get a DUI. I knew somebody who got one on a bike, actually. Yeah. I've heard of those. I had not heard of a power wheel. Power wheel. She was about a mile from her house, too, which is pretty wild that a power wheel could actually make it a mile, right? Yeah, and I think that for the cop, you know, when you need probable cause to pull over, and all they got to do is look at the judge and go, well, she was on a power wheel. It was a power wheel. And then the judge would go, yeah, you probably ought to check that out. It was the Barbie Corvette. That's more information than anyone needed. Hey, can we get, uh, can we get Austin now? Because earlier in the show, Austin did his creepy Gordon Chester thing. Can he now redo this segment in the creepy Gordon voice? Because this segment really does demand. This is Gordon's this thing. This is Gordon's this is thing. Gordon's thing. I, I, we could take a stab at it. <clears throat> Gordon's evil twin brother. Can you help us out? Jake, did you like Saved by the Bell? Because, I mean, that Kelly Kapowski. Now, I may have been 63 and she was 23. But, hey, Kelly Kapowski. But, anyway, the Bayside Tigers. Now, that that's where uh, that's the school to go to. Anyway, I was driving the power wheel. You know, my grandkids, they drive these power wheels all around. I say, I say, that's my grass that I pay someone to cut. <laughs> Pretty good. Not bad. Not I'm, I'm glad bad. I asked. Let's just say that. That definitely made the segment better. Yeah, that, is. that absolutely did. Because they're not sports without Gordon is just not the same. And uh, you know what? I Maybe my favorite part about Austin's Gordon uh, impression. I mean, it's no sides, Porsche. Yeah. Where he, he starts <laughs> in one place. And then immediately, like Gordon I tell does, you what, just Jake, I, I, I knew a guy, uh, well, it may have been me, who had a Porsche, and uh, the, the license plate said, three points. That, that is Gordon. That is Gordon he always trails off and whispers for some reason. Huh? Yeah, he, he does. does. 97 the zone. <laughs> he does love that sign He does off. do that. Yes, he, he does. does. All right, we are live at the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Our good friend Race joins us once again. And Race, let's blow some minds with some prices. Well, you know what? Today and tomorrow only. I can't do it any longer than that. Tom has set up the prices in the store so that they're 15 to 32% less than the big boys, either north or south of us. And we want you to come in today. And what I'm going to say is boom first to make it worth your while to come in. And this is only at the warehouse here in Salt Lake City. How about if I offer an extra 25% off the tag price on any sofa or love seat in the store? Wow, 25% off the already rock-bottom deal. And Tom doesn't know that I'm going to do this, but how about if I include all the sectionals, too? That's 25% off more off the sticker price than our already 15 to 32% off price. Race has lost his mind and is going to tick off his boss. He's taking additional <laughs> 25% off stuff he's not supposed to. You're going to be in trouble, Race. It'll be fun. All right. There you go. Come see us, 1967 South, 300 West. We'll have Hans Olsen. We're going to talk a little college football coming up next right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. I turn my preaching responsibilities 
over to Reverend Kinahan. Amen. Reverend Kinahan. I've heard you called a lot of things, but never Reverend Kinahan. Hey, I am an unordained minister. Ministering to the masses weekdays from 6 to 10. I don't need to be ordained. My ministry speaks for itself. You are so full of it. It's spectacular. I enjoy that. Nope. No. Reverend Kinahan. You speak the truth as you see it and you get blasted for it. So be it. I'm content. My maker is satisfied with me. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.